Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here. Welcome to Scale Up Your Business for another week and another week of 15 minutes to action. Now, I'm conscious some of you come in to scale up your business for the first time, and this is maybe the first episode you've ever heard. So what is this? Well, 15 minutes to action is literally something that I do every Monday. And the whole intent, the whole purpose is that you can take something away, an insight, could be an idea, something that you can action in your business, literally in uh, probably 14 minutes time from now, considering I'm, you know, spent a minute rambling. <laughs> so we're going to get right into it today. And today it's about how you build a successful sales process. Now, a few of you are going, well, what do you mean? What's a sales process? I, I just sell things, you know, people call up or I, you know, do some Facebook ads and I sell stuff. Like, Listen, that that's probably true. And most people, when they start a business, they don't really think of process. And I've often said that one of the definitions of scale up is how you build teams and bring process into your business so that you can create predictability. So what we're going to get into today is the importance of having a sales process. And if you haven't got one, listen, that's cool. A lot of people don't. So don't think, oh my God, what am I missing out on? But what I want to get to today is just kind of give you some of my thoughts, my perspectives of great businesses who have a great sales processes so that you can take away something and apply it literally at the end of this episode. So first and foremost, what is a sales process? Well, Let's be clear. It's the steps that you need to have in your business where you take someone who effectively is a stranger, like they don't really know anything about you at this stage, or they're a very early stage lead. They might have visited a website or something like that. And how you take them from that point into being a new customer. Okay. So, you know, it's effectively what you need to do to take someone from A to B so that you can drive revenue from your business. And the more that you can iterate and, and test around this process to make it better and better over time, the more revenue you're going to make. And the other thing that's really important is that the, you're going to get higher conversion of your leads. Lots of people talk about, I need leads in my business. I need leads in my business. There wouldn't be a, a day that goes by that someone doesn't try and sell me leads on LinkedIn. But for me, leads aren't enough. I need leads and I need conversion. And the thing, the glue that brings all of that together is a really, really robust, solid, clear, coherent sales process. Okay. So here are some of the things that you should be thinking about if you're reviewing your sales process. Now, first and foremost, it's got to be customer centric. So you've got to be thinking not about you. You've got to be thinking about your target audience. Be super clear on them, what their problem is, what their needs are, and how effectively you can solve their problem more effectively than anybody else. It's got to be clearly defined. Your sales process has to be clearly defined. Each stage of the, um, has to be very you know, understood by your team, by all stakeholders, and you have to have measurement through all of that. It's got to be replicable. 
So in other words, it can't be something that, you know, just one or two people in your team can do. If it's just something you can do, you need to be able to teach it to others. It needs to be something which effectively is not about the people you have. It's about the process first. And that's an important point. I want you to underline that. You want to have really great salespeople, but the the process, if you like, comes first. It, It is the most important thing. It needs to be predictable. So the flow and the expected outcomes should follow a predictable pattern. Uh, it needs to be goal orientated. So it needs to have, you know, it needs to meet specific objectives, whether that's driving revenue growth, um, achieving some process efficiencies. It could be the number of new clients you need to bring in, et cetera. But you need to have goals around the process. Measurable, as I said beforehand, and it has to be adaptable in terms of as you start to change things. So lots of businesses have different seasons. So they might have a really strong selling season and they might have things where it's a little bit quieter. So you need to be able to adapt your sales process. You need to be able to have integrations within the process. So how you work with CRM, so how you effectively have the join up between marketing and sales. But a good a good process, if you like, aligns with your ideal client's purchasing journey instead of focusing on what you need. Okay, so as I said before, the most important thing really around all of it is this idea of customer centricity. So let's play with this a little bit. There are effectively seven steps in any decent sales cycle. Now, sometimes people say there are six and, you know, this is not something that I'm inventing for the first time. You know, sales processes have been around for a long time and everyone has a different slant on them. But for me, there are seven really important stages. The first one is, is, is the preparation and the research that you need to do. And I'll get into this in a bit more detail. The second one is, is how you actually prospect, how you actually go out there and find your ideal clients. The third area is, is what I call um, needs assessment. Sometimes it's called discovery, but you really need to understand if a prospect is your ideal customer and they are going to be someone who you want to spend time on because they have a chance of, of being someone who can drive revenue you can drive revenue from. The fourth part is around pitching, presenting. The fifth is about how you handle objections. The sixth is about how you actually close the deal. And I'm going to teach you a little bit today about how closing just becomes an expected part of the process. You don't have to be a great closer to, to do you know, really, really predictable revenue. You just need to be able to take people on the right journey so that closing just feels a natural part of the process when you get to that stage. And then the seventh one is the piece that people sort of, you know, don't always add this is, is the follow-up. It's the follow-up. It's the repeat business. It's the referrals. It's what you ask for next. That's really important. That doesn't mean that you actually do it straight away as soon as you've closed a piece of business, but you've got to remember that going back to your customers, working with them is actually much more effective than always trying to go out there and get new customers. I forget the statistic, but this whole idea that you're much more likely to get business from someone who's done business with you before than you are trying to convince someone new. And that's true. My, my personal perspective is you need to have both things working for you. If you have both things working for you, then you're going to be much more successful overall in terms of what you're trying to drive commercially. Okay, so let's go through each of those in a little bit more detail, and that's probably all we're going to have time for today. So the first step, as I said, is about research, and it's about preparation. So you need to do a couple of things here. You need to look at your competitors, and you need to sort of see what alternatives your ideal client might be looking for. You need to sort of spend time thinking about what your customer really needs, their hopes, their fears, their desires, 
Um, you can't just go out there with a, a lazy attitude here. I often find that when I'm talking to people around the niches they operate in, their ideal clients, they know at a superficial level, almost like demographics. It's like, oh, this person is 18 and they live here and and they and they have this amount of income. No, no, no. You need to understand more. Like what, you know, where would they go on holiday? What TV shows are they interested in? You know, what are their mates like? You know, what do they want to what do they want to be when they grow up? What what's the reason they haven't done that? There's lots of different things here where you think, well, hold on, you know, I just want to sell them. Uh, you know, a widget of whatever, but actually the more you can understand them, the more that as you go through the process, you're going to be building rapport. And let's be frank, one of the key things that sits all the way through a good sales process is, you know, being able to convince someone that you're a nice person. So likability, that you are competent. In other words, you can solve their problem and that you have empathy, you know, in terms of their situation. If you can get all of those things across and you're building rapport, then, you know, lots of business gets done by people who like each other. It's as simple as that. So prospecting, there's lots of different ways of prospecting. Effectively, you've got to find where your ideal customer is. So, you know, if you're more of a business orientated or B2B orientated company, then LinkedIn is great. Then you've got Facebook for more business to consumer. The lines are blurring, but you can use advertising. You can use outreach and different methods to be able to prospect that way. Um, one of the things I like is partnerships. You know, find someone who is already talking to your audience in a way that, you know, you can go in there and you can provide maybe a different solution. So I did something more recently with a good friend of mine, Rock Thomas, in his M1 community, where we created a business growth accelerator. And, and I, you know, effectively went into partnership with him to present that to his audience and then we we had some commercial terms between us after that. But it was much easier doing that because he already had the rapport with his community. And then he was inviting me in and I understood that community and I understood exactly what problem I could solve through the um, the product that I was selling. So so prospecting, you know, in its and I suppose the simplest term is how you go out there and get leads, how you make your ideal customer aware of who you are. Now, as you start to bring them into your world, you then want to go to step three, which is discovery. So this is needs assessment. And there's a very common um, uh, sort of turn of phrase here called BANT, which is very, very important. In fact, I'm not, not sure where it came from, but I've used it for like 20 years in any of the sales teams I've worked in. And it stands for budget, authority, need, and timing. And why this is so important is that when someone comes into your world, you need to know whether they have the budget to be able to pay for your, your goods or your services. You have to know whether they have the authority to make the decision. You need to uh, understand if there is a need that's really, really clear and that the timing is now. If any of those things aren't joined up, then it doesn't mean that the person that you're speaking to can't become a customer in the future but it's unlikely that they're going to be a customer now. So the whole idea of a discovery or a needs assessment is called different things is to make sure that the product that you have is a best fit for the prospect. And if you can do that, then actually, you know, do that with, with a, um, a really robust um, process in this part, in this stage, then it can save you a lot of time later on. So in my business, we have someone who is specifically designed to qualify all the different leads that come in and then set appointments 
for other people further up the sales process to have conversations with. And what that does is it saves time through the process. Sometimes you can have that same person both qualify and close, but that's usually a smaller business. The more that you can bring the steps in and have different people accountable for the steps, the more efficiency you'll have. Because you know, not, not to say that your closes are going to be more expensive, but they are probably more experienced. And so you don't want them always qualifying, but you do want them having those highly intentional conversations when someone is already qualified, because at that point in time, it's going to be about effectively influencing and, 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 and you know, answering the more difficult questions and effectively, you know, you know, convincing many ways that this is going to be the right solution for, for both them and for you. Okay, so after that um, step three, the discovery has happened. Step four is the presentation. And the presentation is often done by the closer, as I call it, um, or the person who kind of is the, the product creator. But it's someone who is going to be very, very passionate about what has been created and passionate that that particular solution is going to solve the problem. Okay, but you have to articulate the unique value that your ideal customer will experience if they purchase. You need to convince them that this is going to solve the problem. If you've created something that doesn't solve the problem, my suggestion to you is you shouldn't be doing it anyway. I know a lot of people try and you know fit the whole square peg into a round hole, but it's really crucial that at this stage, if you want to have any authenticity that, that you've matched very well through the needs assessment stage in stage three. All right. The fifth step is objective handling. Now, objection handling is effectively how you answer questions and you manage um, those objections. Now, a lot of this, what I say here is, remember, if you've done the qualification really well, the person wants their problem solved, okay? They have a need and they, and they really want to say yes, but that whole croc brain, that monkey brain comes in and they start to panic and they go, oh my God, you know, you know what if I make a mistake? What if I make it? What if it doesn't work? So at this step, you really need to be able to communicate exactly the reasons why you've gone deep into understanding their problem. So again, it's all about the customer and then presenting ways that your particular product or service can help. So on a website, this can sometimes um, be what the FAQs are for. It's also why we put testimonials into things, you know, testimonials and case studies, because it's all about convincing, if you like, or, or influencing the prospect that you can actually, you know, help them. Really, really important. And it's funny, like some people get a bit kind of like, well, you know, this is where I need to hard sell. It's not about hard selling. It's just about showing that you can actually do what you say you can do. So again, like I said in the previous step, you don't want to over embellish something here if you can't do it. But at this point, you want to be very confident and powerful that, you know, you know, you've done this before. All righty, step six, closing. Closing, as I said before, and closing is not necessarily this kind of, you know, the person walks into the room and does the hard, the hard close. It's about sending proposals. It's about getting signatures. It's about finalizing the sale. If you've done everything well through the first stages, you know, you've done your research, you've prospected well, you've done that sort of bant discovery, you've presented with confidence and authority, you've shown that you've solved this problem before, you have the experience, you have the credibility. Closing is simple. Closing is really at that point in time about asking for the yes. And I forget who said this to me specifically, but I love this. Um, if you go to a restaurant, you've had an amazing meal and someone comes up the end and asks you for tea or coffee. 
at that point, it doesn't feel like you're being hard sold to, to kind of, you know, have tea or coffee. It's like, it's just an invitation. Would you like this? Is this something that you would like? And I think elegant closing is a bit of an art form because if everything else is done done through, the prospect is, is pretty much made their mind up. So you're inviting them to participate. You're not at this stage um, trying to convince them of something else. Now, if, if at, at this point they're not ready, right, this is an important piece. Something has fallen down through the stages. In other words, you haven't handled objections very well or you haven't qualified very well or you haven't presented your solution very well. Now, at that stage, it doesn't mean that, you know, that's it. You never see that prospect again. This is the point where you should actually put them into what we call a nurture sequence. And that effectively means, listen, say, you know, would you like, would you like this? Would you like to participate? If the timing isn't right now, they say, no, actually, I'm not quite sure. What you shouldn't do is push and push and say, well, you know, you know, if you don't do it, look what's going to happen and create fear and uncertainty. You should say, okay, I get that. Is it okay if we stay in touch? Because, you know, um, I, you know, we can help you with some other things that we're doing. We send out a weekly newsletter. We have different webinars, you know, support for you. Is that okay if we stay in touch? And what can happen is then someone goes into what we call this nurturing, this helping, this adding value stage, and they may come back six to 12 months later. So just because the timing isn't right now or something fell down through the process, it doesn't mean that this person is not going to be a customer at some point later on. Okay, and the last bit, because I'm conscious again that I'm always rushing through these 15 minutes, is the follow-up. Step seven, the follow-up. So, so important. Now, that doesn't mean that if, if, you know, back to my previous point in six, someone's not ready that you follow up two days later. It's literally about how you engage, you know, how you get the next meeting. So, you know, if someone's not ready now, you know, say to them, hey, listen, is it okay if I get in touch with you in, in a few months time? Can I call you in three months? And as soon as you do that, as part of the process, make sure whoever's responsible for getting back in touch with that prospect sets a calendar note, you know, some sort of reminder in their diary to do that. And the other thing that's important about this last step is, is repeat business. So again, if someone has said yes, in other words, you have closed the deal, remember that you, know, you want to go back to them. You want to make sure that A, you have solved the problem and you want to be able to offer more value because you want to kind of get, my, my philosophy here is if you can have people that, that you bring into your world and you absolutely delight them for that first time and you continue to go back and try and offer help, you want to be able to you know, take these these customers um, into clients. In other words, the difference for me, a customer is someone who buys from you first time. A client is someone who buys from you in a repeat fashion. If you can turn them, these clients into uh, raving fans, you know, they love what you do. They love the experience. You've really helped them. Then, you know, you're going to be the dinner party conversation. You know, they're going to talk about you elsewhere. And what's great about this is that that becomes you know a really powerful part of your ongoing marketing strategy. And I've seen businesses that do this so well. You could argue to some extent Apple does it really well um, because people just talk about their products all the time. They they do their marketing, but they don't need to do heaps of it because you know they've done so much around this bit. They've got so many raving fans that um, you end up having this amazing um, business whereby you've got people coming to you from referral, you've got inbound leads coming in all the time. So actually, as I said, you don't have to spend as much on your outbound marketing to grow. Really, really powerful when you get to that stage. And it's a crucial part of scale up that I always advise people to think about and have an ambition to get towards because I know it's going to transform their business. Okay, that is it. 
15 minutes. I've got no idea how long I've been going for. I could have been going on for much more and gone into that in a heap more detail. But just to run through those steps again in the sales process, the first one is do your research, do your preparation, know your ideal customer. Do your prospecting, but make sure that your prospecting aligned to that ideal customer. Don't get distracted. Don't go after the new shiny object, the person you think could be ideal for you. Do the work first because then your prospecting will happen with more precision. Step three is that BANT analysis, the discovery, you know, budget, um, uh, authority, need, timing. You know, have you really got that right? Really crucial part. You want to spend time on that piece. Then you want to be able to pitch and present to anyone who goes through that discovery process. Then it's objection handling, you know, FAQs, testimonials, case studies. Six is closing, but closing is an invitation. If you've done everything really well up to that point, super simple. And don't forget the follow-up. Okay, that's it. Another week. Thanks for joining Scale Up Your Business. As I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith, and show up. Bye for now.